0: Welcome to the Mega Vision Show, episode 108. My name is Chris Powell, and I'm the editor of Mega Visions. Joining me this week is Sam and Alicia. How's it going, fellas?
1: It's going good. How are you doing, Chris?
0: Not too bad. Alicia, how are you doing?
2: I'm hanging in there.
0: Well, I'm excited to be on the show with you this week. Um, we do have some a bit of sad news uh, to start the show.
1: Mm. Uh, it was
0: just a couple days ago that we learned that. Actor Jason David Frank had passed away. Um, who we all uh, probably uh, most know him uh, as, the you know, in the Power Rangers, he was the uh, the green and, and the white Ranger throughout that series, and it was very sad. Uh, I think he was he, he was only in his, I think he was forty nine years old. So um, very sad uh, to hear that. Uh, he, I, I will say, as as a young kid. Power Rangers was a big deal to me uh, growing up. I, I absolutely loved it, and when the Green Ranger came on the scene, and that it just totally like flipped the script. And it, I, I can't like say how how popular the Green Ranger was amongst Power Ranger fans back in the day. Um, he was awesome, and just to see his kind of character evolve, and and then eventually like learn more about him, and you you get to kind of see you know, him unmasked and everything, he was great. Uh, he's a, such a big part of that. And I know he was also a big part of, you know, the, the convention scene uh, for many years. And uh, it's just, it's it's amazing to kind of see the outpouring uh, of, you know, kind of appreciation and, and love and respect that people are, are, you know, showing and sharing online. I know just on my personal Facebook, uh, you know, page I was going through over the weekend and there was just a, a lot of, people that I know who had personal stories of you know just meeting him and you know just nice things and nice stories about you know him as a person so it was just kind of good to see that um, obviously it's it's sad you know to lose someone but it, it is awesome to see just that outpouring of, of love and everything for him so I just wanted to say that you know say that up front but uh, yeah I don't know if you had you, you either Sam or Alicia y'all have anything to say about that
2: uh, so, yeah, I knew him as, as uh, the green and white ranger as well. I wasn't, my family was strange growing up. Um, so I wasn't really allowed to watch stuff like that unless I was over at my grandparents' house. And so that's where I actually got to watch like Sailor Moon and, and Power Rangers. They kind of go hand in hand for me when it comes to opening those worlds of entertainment. And so Jason and Johnny, the one who played, I, b- I believe is the Black Ranger, right? Johnny uh, Young Bush, he does Ichigo's voice, among others, in uh, in Bleach. <laughs> uh, they were always the two that I really wanted to meet, because they always seemed like they had the most fun with their characters, and so it was a shock to see, because we've, we've had a lot of death lately, and a lot of people that we grew up, you know, watching, we had Kevin last week and then uh, Jason this week. And so it was just kinda, it's kinda hard to watch your childhood disappear in that way. And unfortunately they did announce his uh, his cause of death and, and that wasn't great either. So I, my heart goes out to everyone who knew him and I know that they probably are, are feeling a huge loss in their life right now because of it. So. wish things were different and we had better access to mental health and things like that in this country, maybe things would be a bit more cheery, you know?
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, you know, can't be said enough. I I think just, you know, more, uh, emphasis and, you know, funding towards mental health. I I think we could all agree on that for sure. So,
1: yeah, I second what Alicia says. I didn't quite have, um, as many memories with power rangers growing up, it's more of a passing thing. I think I've seen it a few times as a kid, but you know, regardless of, you know, that aspect of it, mental health is something, um, I can even speak from experience that I've had to deal with my own problems. And it's, it's something that, you know, hits close to home. Um, and I agree there, uh, It's a a major, a major problem that needs to that we need to address more as a, as a, as a collective. And um, I think that that's why I'll go out and try to you know if anyone uh, needs someone to talk to, I'm always there for anybody that needs someone to talk to. And I think that just being there for each other is something that can't be stressed enough. And you never know what somebody's going through is. If someone, even someone that looks happy on the outside, uh, you never you can really, truly never know um, what somebody's going through. and it is really hard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. well said, um, both of you there. so um, let's uh, let's move on. Um, Sam, why don't you uh, talk to us about uh, what you've been up to up to this week?
1: All right, um, I'll try not to go too far into it. I- I'll start by saying that on the weekend, I uh, just got uh, done filming a really crazy ghost hunt. Without saying too much about it, Ooh, okay. <laughs> we we caught we caught a ton of evidence. I'm not sure how familiar you are with um, the SLS camera. It's actually modified from an Xbox 360 Kinect. Okay,
0: I think I've seen some video of, 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 of uh, people using that to try to see if they can somehow detect uh so, like any sort of paranormal entities. Is that, yeah. is that kinda how it's used?
1: Yeah, so because the Kinect, um, it had some pretty good motion tracking uh, tools in it, and the and those motion tracking tools can actually pick up spirits and will map them out and will show you where, uh, where any kind of spirit may be. And we've used it in the past and haven't had much luck, but this time it, we caught... On that SLS, it it mapped out a stick figure of what appeared to be a creature with really long arms on the ceiling, waving its hand back and forth. And as it's doing that, we had a REM pod, which is a certain it's an EMF detector um, and it has a very close range. So you have to be super close in order to set it off. And it would every time that this thing on that we'd see on the camera move in its arm, it would be right above that REM pod and it would just keep setting it off over and over. It would keep beeping and beeping and beeping and then out of nowhere disappeared and it stopped. So if that's not evidence that we caught a ghost on camera, I really don't know what is. And it was probably the most haunted house I've ever been in and that's Is it where
0: it's like you could kind of feel like a, a weird presence when you're in the house or just some, some sort of yeah anything you could wow
1: oh oh yeah um every single person that was in the house we went down to the basement we all felt nauseous or like we were on drugs of some sort it's like the moment you went down in that basement you your head was like spinning you felt dizzy like you were gonna throw up like it was bad like we we had to come up and all get air because just being down there. And then um, one of one of us, she actually got her hair pulled down there too. So it Did you, it was. Uh,
0: do you know much of the story about the place. Was it uh, like? Was there some some bad stuff that happened there?
1: The story the so. It's real shaky, but what we do know about the town that we were in is at one point it had burned to the ground. And the working theory that we have um, that the both of the mediums had picked up on, and we're waiting right now to get in contact with the historical uh, center there in that town, is that this may have been one of the areas that had been part of the fire, so somebody may have died there. Um, but the other the other thing is the one spirit that that they picked up on, um, they believe to be inhuman of sorts, not necessarily okay. demonic, but they've picked up on that it's some kind of negative energy. So you can do with that as you will. Um, to some people, you it, you could probably classify it as some kind of demonic or poltergeist. Entity Um, to others, it's a manifestation of negative energy. So, we think that there might be a few spirits there. Um, Some, a couple of them, could be um, people that used to live on that land. The house is really new, it got built in the 90s. But the land used to have, there used to be a different house um, on that land back before the fire so that's where that's where that comes in but there may Got also you. be something inhuman
0: okay wow okay that's that's pretty crazy um when when are you gonna uh and you said you you went and shot that so are you guys gonna go through are you also going through your your evidence and, and that sort of thing
1: Uh, So I handle more of just the production side of it. So the, the filming and editing. Um, But if I catch any evidence, I'll point that out in the past. I've caught orbs that I didn't know that I had caught. Um, So I'm going through and I'm editing, uh, editing this to uh, essentially be a 25 minute YouTube video, kind of like a reality show where we'll go back and get some interview footage and I'll get their perspectives on everything that happened that night. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Trevor and his team, they're going through their EVP files. They're going through, uh, they set up a couple stationary uh, cameras to see if they caught anything on, on those. And then they're going to get me that um, footage as well to add into the final video. So they're, they're reviewing it right now for any kind of evidence that we might not have picked up on site. And we picked up a ton on site. So I don't know what to expect um, later, but I'm, just going through and starting the editing process and putting together uh, a good story too with it.
0: Okay, cool. So uh, I definitely like to hear more as you go through that. That's, that sounds really, really uh, interesting and fascinating. So yeah, definitely.
1: I can keep you updated next week. Yeah. Next week I should have more because I'll be much farther ahead uh, than where I'm at right now. And, um, like one thing I want to see if I can pick up is I know that Missy got her hair pulled in the basement. I want to see if you can see that on camera, if you can see her hair gets pulled. I haven't, I haven't watched that back yet to see if you can or not. So that'll be something interesting.
0: Oh yeah. So. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Now you got me, uh, you got me interested. So, <laughs> cool. uh, what do you, what have you been playing?
1: Um, what I've been playing, I'm still going through the Dead Space game. So I just finished Dead Space 2. I have my review on, uh, on that. It's up on Mega Visions right now. Um, and I'm currently playing Dead Space 3, uh, which I know is kind of the black sheep in that trilogy. Uh, but I, and Alicia and I were talking about this before we went on the air, but. Dead Space 3, it's yeah, it's it's totally different than, than the first two games. And Dead Space 2, they kind of leaned into the action a little bit more, but it felt very balanced between being more suspenseful, atmospheric horror and throwing just waves of necromorphs at you. Um, so it was kind of balanced between action and horror. And then Dead Space 3 really feels like they went kind of uh, above and beyond on the quick time events that, uh, that they introduced into. But now now we have a lot more of them in three, a lot more action set pieces. Um, and, and now you're even there's different sections of the game where you're not just fighting the Necromorphs, the the unitologists who have been kind of uh, they've been kind of a, a pain in your rear end since the first game. But now you actually they're you're shooting at, at them and they're shooting back at you. So you have some, uh, a lot more third person shooter action elements in three. And I think that turned a lot of people off because, I mean, you can look at like Resident Evil as another example of a franchise that went action, and like six got ripped a new hole. So that's why they completely went back and went full horror when they went and did Resident Evil Seven Biohazard. But Dead Space, they went that route too with the action, and I think it got more unfairly torn apart because as if you go into it with the expectations of a horror game you're going to get let down but if you go into it with the expectations of you know you know it's going to be an action game in advance go into it with an open mind it really does it's a good action game it really is it's a fantastic third person shooter it does still have some some of its horror roots um, but overall it's it's a fun ride Um, and only thing that I haven't been as big of a fan of and Alicia and I know we've agreed to disagree on it is the crafting. I see what they were going for with the new crafting system, but I think it was a little bit poorly executed in terms of being a little overly complex, but that's just my own personal take, but I've been having a blast with that.
0: You Did you w- watch any more Supernatural this week?
1: Oh yeah. I'm I'm getting close to the end now. I'm uh-oh almost I'm almost done with it but I still have, I still have a little bit more. Um they they still haven't quite found a way to beat God but uh <laughs> now death has death has brought back another dead character. Um so spoiler alert um if you haven't seen Supernatural but there's a character that gets introduced later on in the show. Uh, Named Jack. He's the son of Lucifer, but he ends up being a pretty decent guy for the most part. I mean, there is a whole thing where he loses his soul and kills Sam and Dean's mom and there's that whole thing. But overall, (laughs) he's got he's got a good heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, because Mary's obviously that's she's she's dead for most of the show. In fact, her dying is the main reason why uh, that's why John, their dad became a hunter and raised them to be hunters. But then God's sister brings her back and so that she's alive. But then Lucifer's son, Jack, he ends up killing her and then God kills Jack. But then death brings Jack back to life. And now Jack has to kill God. Oh
2: my goodness! Uh, I, I I following? only got through season eleven, so that's all spoilers for me. Thank you very much. Oh,
1: <laughs> sorry, I, I did <laughs> say spoiler alert. <laughs> if that means anything,
2: I was thinking maybe like, like spoilers need- for
1: just you know fifteen,
2: but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It sounds like the, uh, like, a story from, like a storyline from like the next like Bayonetta or something. Just, like, all <laughs> the gods and demons.
2: <laughs> I mean, it I, makes I think it's me. on the end of fifteen, so I actually know what happens in the very last episode. But other than that, everything's a complete blank between eleven to fifteen. So,
1: <laughs> well, anymore. every all the spoilers <laughs> I gave you are are they're they're way out of context. So. <laughs>
2: Just, just the fact that like, Mary's backs, saying, like, like what? Fight
0: everything.
2: <laughs> Does anyone ever stay dead in that universe seriously?
1: No, oh I, I could give you another spoiler right now, but I, I'm not going to. I think I've already ruined it enough for you, so I'll keep my mouth <laughs> shut.
0: <laughs> Anything in pop culture, nothing. No one ever stays dead, and unfortunately, like we can't even. You know, it's just.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think they're bringing back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for Deadpool 3
2: i saw that which yeah. i'm yeah. mixed
1: about it because on one hand that sounds awesome but on the other hand logan was such a perfect ending i kind of don't want to see him come I back i know it was so well good. we've got you the multiverse
2: the- kind of thing going on so it's a possibility because cable in the last one he can open those portals and you can go back yeah. and forth through all those different universes so the idea at least this is the one that's been floated is that we will bring in logan or we will bring in hugh as old man logan he will do his little bit and then we will get a younger version of him from a different universe to different complete hour. whatever journey it is okay. that that's going to continue yeah. with Deadpool three and and I mean we do have to bring the X Men in somehow so this is a good way to we kind of did already there were X Men in Deadpool two but we won't talk about that so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I will say though because I, I I'm I'm there with you Sam because. I was never a fan of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for really? a long time. I never wow. had been. No, no, because I just never felt like he actually portrayed Wolverine the way that I saw him in the comics growing up. You know, he just mm-hmm. he just is always kind of a little more wimpier than he, he wasn't rugged enough. You know, he wasn't mean <laughs> enough. And uh, and I just never felt like he, he got that until Logan. And that was, that's where I, I, he got me and he completely sold me on the character. And I, I fell in love with that film and he was awesome in it. And I love him in that, that role now. Um, and so I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that they're going to treat it well. I, you know, I think he's smart enough as an actor now. And I think Ryan Reynolds, I think they know what they're doing with that whole thing. I think it'll be fun and, and silly um, and probably won't you know I don't think they'll do anything to to take anything away from what they do with Logan um but I think what you what you just said Alicia would be like an excellent way to handle it and then introduce the new characters and and then off we go you know I think that would be fun a good send off and everything for that character um, so yeah who knows um, that'll be cool to see though
1: Yeah I have I do have, I have my reservations but at the same time I'm still interested. I mean, I'm not. I'm not completely turned turned away. I'm. I think they really handled the multiverse well for Spider Man in bringing in terms of bringing back Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Mm. Um, I I love the way that they handled that. I haven't been following. I'll admit, I haven't been following the MCU as closely post Endgame. I kind of fell off a little bit. I have a lot of catching up to do. From what I heard, it's been hit or miss. There's been some really great stuff. And then there's been some not-so-great stuff. So there's some projects I'm super (laughs) excited for.
2: I think we're setting up for the House of M and the X-Force. And if we are, we need both Deadpool, Wolverine, and Scarlet Witch to all be present. And so I think that, that Deadpool 3... Because we got hints of the X-Force in Deadpool 2. I think Deadpool 3 could really create that bridge that we need between the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange and Deadpool 2 and Logan and kind of bring that gra- that gap together. Because really, uh, that's what it feels like. That we're, we're really setting up for... And I'm excited. I would love to see the House of M finally done right outside the comics. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But uh, it just... It, I don't know. It just kind of seems that that's a logical path to take. Then again, they've done some really weird, illogical things when it comes to this past venture into the MCU. <laughs> so,
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Some, yeah.
0: Alicia, what have you been up to?
2: <laughs> uh what I have I been up to? Do? Okay, so uh, last week was my son's appointment with his doctor team. Mm-hmm. Um, that was extremely frustrating because they basically told us the same thing that we already knew. Um, which was, he's somewhere on a spectrum. We don't know what spectrum that is, and we can't help you until he turns five. He's three. We have two years. So, um, oh. that's extremely rough at this particular point in time. They were like... Uh, He could be he could be mildly autistic. He could have ADHD. We just we don't know. The problem that I have is that I've done a lot of research into this. And there are countries in Europe and the UK who have expounded upon their research when it comes to autism and uh, neurodivergent spectrum disorders. And they are diagnosing kids as young as two. So, and, and, and enabling them and their parents to get the services that they need to be able to facilitate them and, you know, help them in any way that they need. And then we're here and they're like, yeah, we can not help you for two more years. So by that time he will be entering kindergarten and there will be a lot of behavioral mindsets that could possibly be set that are a bit harder to work around And so that it it creates a lot of frustration at this particular point in time. Um, So it felt like a big waste of time because they didn't tell us anything we didn't already know. Um, And there's still no official diagnosis. So we can't get additional services for him either. So that just kind of kicked off my. It it does. It completely and totally sucks. It's like, come on. Um, If other countries are able to do this, why aren't we? Um, uh, autism, this, the neurodivergent spectrums are horribly under-researched here. They're underfunded when it comes to um, school and making sure that these kids get help. Uh, women are, have been routinely misdiagnosed for decades now. There are a lot of women who are my age who are getting diagnosed finally uh, after you know, 30, 40 years of dealing with misdiagnosis and those misdiagnosis could be anything from your bipolar to your schizophrenic to your just lazy and completely you know useless and you just need to you just need to buck up and do it kind of thing and so it's it's very unfortunate that's how we are still approaching this um even with new technology and new studies and i mean seriously talk to a few neurodivergent people, talk to some autistic people. The one thing that they threw at us that I absolutely hate is, well, he's very social. And it's like, yes, that is true. He is social. He is not very social when he's around kids his own age. He is not, he doesn't have appropriate behaviors most of the time when he's around kids his own age. He prefers to uh, interact with adults. And for someone that's three, that's, that's a, that's a red flag. You know, that's kind of a, Hey, there's something not necessarily, I don't want to say normal because it's not fair to put that kind of, I hate that, that kind of box, but he is outside of the, the box that most people would view as regular milestones for his age. And it's like, yeah, he is social and you know what? I, I have known a lot of autistic people. They're social, they're social within certain bounds And so we really need to re-examine how we are looking at diagnosing kids and adults when it comes to this. There needs to be um, a, a more open approach to it. Honestly, I think that a lot of these people who are making these diagnoses, they're just looking at a checklist. And they're not actually talking to the people who are autistic. Who have ADHD? Who have OCD? Who have all of these, you know, neuro what we we're, what's called neurodivergent? Um, who are dyslexic? I'm dyslexic, uh, and I was told repeatedly that I was just stupid and lazy when it came to math. No, that's not true. I look at the numbers; they switch places. It's really hard to add two things together if the numbers are backwards. You know, it's it, and and so that needs to be taken into consideration. But we are we're basing all of this off of 40 year old technology. And we really need to be working with other countries who have made advancements in theirs so that our kids don't get left behind, so that they're not waiting until they're 40 to get a diagnosis of, you know, what's going on and, and then try to figure out how do you adapt your life around that. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated at this particular point in time. Um, we are trying to deal with it as best as we possibly can. Uh, he is increasing his school. He goes two days a week. He'll be going four days a week. Uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday. So that is something that his teachers and I decided to do ahead of the diagnosis or non-diagnosis, I guess I should say, just to help uh, keep him a bit more regulated and a little more on schedule for things. So so yeah, that's, hmm. it is. It's well, just good
0: luck with that. I'm, so, I'm sorry uh, to, to hear the frustration that, that you
2: know, need luck, <laughs> need lots and lots yeah. of luck. So, um, and then that just kind of kicked off my week of frustration. So <laughs> my entertainment, yes, <fiesque. laughs> I, uh, I bought this absolutely beautiful, uh, entertainment center. I, um, the one that I have is like 35 years old or older. Honestly, I have no idea how old the thing was, but it was falling apart. So it was like, okay, it's time for a new one. So I found this really nice one. It had uh, beautiful shelves. It had a fireplace insert, it had uh, LED lighting, okay. and um, mm. like you have the electronic uh, outlets placed inside so you can plug your TV and all that sort of stuff into it. Set up really nice, right? Absolutely beautiful thing. So uh, I was supposed to get it uh, last week, early last week, and... I got this message from Amazon that I had rejected the package. And I went, okay, I don't have any idea what you're talking about, right? I haven't seen my package. So I had to go through absolutely nightmarish things, which, by the way, trying to get a hold of UPS – and talk to a person is impossible. I think it's ran by robots because I could not get a hold of a person. (laughs) And I tried for an hour. It was like, I was just, Oh my God. So finally I'm like, you know what? Somebody said that my package is, it it said that I rejected my package. I want my package. I just left this like kind of nasty email sort of message, you know, like I want to know who did this and where the heck is my package. And I want it now. So within like half an hour after doing that, the package arrives at the front door. And I'm like, all right, this is weird, right? They damaged the box. Like, half of the top was ripped open. And I looked at everything, and I was like, you know, I examined the contents. I'm like, okay, it looks fine. There's no problem here. I'll go ahead and, and, you know, accept it and stuff like that, and I'll put it together. And so... <laughs> Friday night, I decided I was going to put this, or Friday, sorry. Friday, I decided I was going to put this, thing, this stupid thing together because I was going to play The Devil and Me on our new Xbox uh, Series S. I had it already. I was, you know, really excited to do this. This thing looks pretty simple. It'll take a couple hours to put it together. Have no problem, right? <laughs> so I start putting it together, and it has holes that are not drilled the way that they should be. It has just mm. these these things that you're like sitting there oh, scratching exactly. your head going, "What the heck?" right?" Oh, and fuck. then I get it almost completely put together, and the bottom, the support, the bottom support parts that are supposed <gasps> to hold this whole thing together fall apart. <sighs> well, oh God, that's not going to work. <laughs> Oh, so, man. so, my TV oh, my is currently wow. sitting on a card table <laughs> where it is balanced pretty well so far. <laughs> I had to stream off of my uh, computer. I went ahead and, and, like, I got about halfway through it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this thing set up and downloaded in time. So, I, I went ahead and downloaded it through my computer. And it was, uh, it just did not. OBS, for whatever reason, has a problem with running some of the higher graphic, um games like my computer doesn't have a problem running it it runs really smoothly but when i'm running it through obs it runs it really crappily so it was running really bad and it like tweaked out on the on the screen and so like the stream is just a, is an absolute crap shot the whole time <laughs> and i was like well i can blame it on the entertainment center <laughs> so entertainment <laughs> yeah, damn, so, damn yeah. Center. It was the entertainment center's problem. <laughs> it's it's UPS and Amazon. They cursed it. <laughs> so, so now I have to send it back. It was uh, well over $300. I have to send it back, wait for a refund. And then I did find another one that will actually work better than the one that I had originally bought for less, like almost $100 less than what I paid for this one. So it, I guess it's kind of a silver lining, but at the same time, oh, my freaking God, what the heck. So... <laughs> Oh man! I can't
0: well, have my nice show. I I hope this next week goes a little smoother and, and less frustrating <laughs> for you. Yeah, just, hmm. that, that's, that's terrible. So, um, I do. I, I, I did watch a show, and it's it's so rare that I get through like a a show, a, a season pretty quickly. But Odin and I started a show, and we got through the whole season in about a week. Uh, it's the new Quantum Leap. Uh, series that just came out not too long ago. I think it's on um, Paramount Plus, I, I think. Mm. And uh, have you guys watched this at all
1: yet? I'm looking uh, it up. I've I I seen
2: I've seen like the first few minutes of it, I think. And it looked, because I remember the old Quantum Leap. I loved that series when I was growing up. Yeah. And so I, I was super it. excited and for I- it.
0: Yeah, this one is set like thirty years after, and they do a great job of, of just acknowledging uh, the the previous series and and kind of just building upon it. Really, um, so the idea basically is like you know Sam Beckett, he was the the main character in the uh, in the previous series. I guess he's still kind of lost in the you know. Oh no! He's, he's left. And he's still trying to be found and. You know, so wow. um, Ernie Hudson is in the series. He's great. Awesome. He's he's, he's super great. He's uh, this guy named Magic and he's basically started up the uh, the leap program again. And so you have a new character, new lead. And um, he jumps for his own kind of reasons and stuff. And when he jumps, he kind of gets amnesia. And so he doesn't really know why he, he went through and and jumped in the first place, but now he's kind of lost in it and he has, uh, uh, his like fiance is kind of the, the, character who uses the hologram to kind of, um, visit him wherever he's at, you know, whenever he's leaped into a new person and he's in this new reality. Um, I guess I should explain the show a, a little bit better for people who aren't familiar with quantum leap, but it's just been this kind of show, I guess, that's been out there in, uh, you know, out for for a long time. But yeah, so it's basically like um, there's this like of uh, 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 some sort of equipment that they build. It's qual- called like uh, the uh, uh, the quantum leap uh, our device or something, and it allows people to, to essentially like jump into different realities. But when you do, you basically go into someone else. Uh, and you basically become them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in order to basically go and, and go like, finish and, and move on, you have to uh, help them through whatever some sort of like life altering or, or some sort of important uh, life or death situation oftentimes. And so the character gets themselves into like these crazy situations and really those type of things are what makes the show um, because sometimes they, they can leap in and they're like uh, they get into the body of a like a pregnant, you know, woman or something. And it's now they have to deal with like being a pregnant woman and all the things that come with that, you know, and it's just these crazy situations. And there's some some really funny episodes this, uh, in this new season. So. I think it's definitely worth it Uh, if if you're a fan of of the original Quantum Leap. I think they do a really good job uh, handling, uh, you know, uh, the the remake and just kind of continuing on with the series. Um, It's, you know, it's not – there's even actually – there's one that's pretty cool. There's like a horror uh, episode in there. Uh, So I I was thinking of you guys when I was watching it, actually, because he leaps into – uh the body of a like of a priest a catholic priest who's about to have to go into uh to perform an exorcism and he's like what the heck he's like i don't even like believe in god or know how to do any of this stuff and he's like freaking out but he's like dealing with this girl who it's basically like you know it plays very closely to the exorcist the 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 movie but um but he, you know he's dealing with this girl who's you know obviously you know um, you know exhibiting some demonic you know stuff going on there anyway so yeah it's 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 a pretty cool show i definitely uh, suggest you guys check it out um, huh. outside of that i have been playing some some more of yuppie psycho you you guys remember we did that kind of like live unboxing uh, last week and i i got to say i i've i've learned a lot more about it and it's it's actually a lot of fun. Um, like I said last week, it they, it kind of builds itself as a uh, kind of a, a job survival horror or, or what. But um, it's really just kind of a it is kind of a survival horror, but there's a lot of heavy RPG elements. Um, the idea is you're this young uh, kid. He just graduated, I guess, from college, and it's his first job. He at this company called Centricor and uh you go in and there's there's just there's not really a you know anywhere where he's you know knows where to go and he's kind of trying to figure out uh you know who to talk to and everything and he finally ends up uh this guy i think his name's hugo comes up and that's going to be his like work buddy um and as you're going through kind of like the onboarding process you start seeing like weird kind of stuff going on and uh, it's one of those, like, you know, some weird stuff's going on and people are just kind of carrying on like it's normal. and But before you know it, like, you start seeing, like, there's a lot of, like, underlying creepy stuff going on. Like, you start seeing go into a, a room that's supposed to be someone's office, but there's just, like, flies and just, like, a dead body there. Um, and it's kind of crazy. You come to find out that there's like a witch that is somehow um, like taken over this company this building. And it's like taken over and somehow trapped the, the, the like employees into this, you know, like building and, and turned them into like creatures and all this kind of crazy stuff. So you basically have to kind of figure out uh, what's going on with the help of this AI Um, that kind of guides you through this whole game and stuff. And I don't know, I'm still pretty early on, but there's some, you know, for it being such a a kind of a simple, uh, visually, uh, you know, simple, kind of like very pixel, simple pixel characters and stuff, it does a really good job with uh, just the the mood and atmosphere. And I can get why it, it calls itself kind of a survival horror game. You know, there is definitely some good, horror bits in there lots of uh lots of you know gore for it being like i said a pixel game it's it's, it's pretty cool uh so I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it so far um but i'll uh yeah i'll, I'll keep it going and um i'm actually going to review it uh for this issue um in in the magazine so uh, sure. on that yeah nice so anyway um with that sam it is time to jump into the news of the week So let's take it away.
1: All right. So uh, we got not as as many games uh, coming out this week, but we got some heavy hitters in there for sure. Um, Starting off, and by the way, all the games coming out this week, it's all November 22nd. Um, But starting off, we have Evil West, which we've been talking about quite a bit. Here on Mega Visions, that that game looks really cool to me uh, because it's mixing two different genres that you wouldn't necessarily think to mix together with uh, vampires and uh, the Wild West. So that game looks pretty sweet. I don't know how much you guys have heard about uh, Evil West, how much you've been following it, but quite a bit. Essentially, oh. Uh, Yeah. Essentially, uh, you play as a veteran vampire hunter uh, working for uh, this institute, and then one of the meetings goes pretty badly um, after a vampire attack, and then you and your partner are – you know, thrust on this epic supernatural journey across the western frontier and it is going to be a co-op game too so you can you know do all this with a friend as well you can play single player or you can play co-op um going through yeah and it's it, it looks really it looks really cool in in terms of just an action game set in the west where you're taking out vampires so um that one's pretty sweet Uh, We also have a couple um, other games that we haven't talked too much about on Mega Visions, but it's worth noting uh, Just Dance 2023 is arriving this week. Uh, So we all know what the Just Dance franchise is. I know they're going to have some BTS in there. Uh, I think the big thing that they're talking about for this new Just Dance is that there's going to be online multiplayer and all kinds of personalization options that you can have. Uh, So you can have... Some online dance parties. Uh they're gonna have 3D immersive walls, new modes. Uh so looks like they're kind of going all out for uh the new just dance game. So if you're in if you're really into uh rhythm games, you're into um into the Just Dance series, this one looks like it'll be fun, especially if you have some people online and you wanna do some, you know, um, you know, dance with your friends online. Uh, could be a fun time um another game that we haven't talked about as much and it's it's smaller scales an indie title um but it looks pretty cool it's called ship of fools it's a roguelike but the whole thing about this is it's you're it's a co-op game too and it's you and uh your partner and you're on a boat um and you have to you know you're Taking out these sea monsters. So there's different cannons on on your uh, ship that you're going across, and you have to work together to, you know, as you're going going down this you know river, you're you got to take out these sea creatures. You and your partner going back and forth to the different cannons in order to take out uh, some of these different monsters, and it's got a really cool art design to it as well, um, and the whole. Uh, purpose of the game that you're trying to stop the, uh, aquapocalypse. So I like they're really going in on the nautical theme there. And Is this I think one on it works. Game Pass? Well. I don't think so. Uh, I could double check. I didn't see anything about that before. Um, but it, it may, let me see. I think I saw me- a
0: video of this and, and, and I immediately thought, wow, this looks like a fun co-op game, like a, a really good couch co-op. So, um,
1: yeah, no, unfortunately it's not gonna be on Game Pass. So you just okay. you could yeah, you'd have to pick it up. But okay. it, it's gonna it's gonna be on uh a lot of the major consoles. It'll be on PS five, Xbox Series XS, it's gonna be on Nintendo Switch, and it's gonna be on PC. So okay. you have a lot of options. Uh the only people really that aren't gonna get it. Or, uh, if you're if you're still playing on Xbox One and PS4, it's not on last gen. But any current gen system that you have or PC, it's going to be on. And then last but not least, we have Gungrave Gore, and this is yeah. another one that we've talked quite a bit about. Uh, following up in the Gungrave series, um, it it looks. It, it looks nuts uh if you've seen any of the trailers it's just gonna be this really cool over the top it just action packed you know bloody violent time um so you're gonna be in a dark kind of futuristic version of Southeast Asia as this kind of um essentially like this vigilante that's you know it's like this whole revenge tale and, you you know, there's shooting sections, but you also have to, you know, there's some hand-to-hand combat in it as well. And just the whole idea is you're going to just feel like a, a total badass the whole time. So uh, if you're really into that kind of, you know, over-the-top action game, uh, this is definitely going to be your speed you're going to want if you haven't heard of gun grave gore definitely uh look into that check that out because it's definitely going to be up your alley if you're into that kind of just over the top non-stop action you know with hand-to-hand combat a lot of gunfights a lot of shooting so uh it's, it's gonna be a thrill ride and that's gonna be um on PS5, PS4, and then the uh, Xbox Series X and S and PC. So you have a lot of options there in terms of platforms. It's on uh, a lot of the big ones. So That's cool.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess you don't typically get the biggest releases the week leading into like Thanksgiving, but these are some, some pretty good releases here. You know, Evil West, I, I really want to play that one, and, and Gungrave Gore, those are two good games that we like you said we've been covering that quite a bit and ship of fools uh that looks like a lot of fun so there's some good releases to uh to to play i think you know ship of fools that's going to be something i'll have time to to sit you know we'll we'll have some a few days off this week with thanksgiving and everything so it'll be fun just to kind of maybe sit and play some ship of fools with the kids and, and have some fun that way so pretty cool good releases
1: yeah, definitely not not bad. It might, we got four games, but uh, we got some pretty good ones out of that bunch. So definitely a little bit of something for everyone there,
0: for sure. Um, all right, let's get into um, a little bit of uh, some news around the game industry, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, so Bayonetta four, I guess, it was casually announced on Twitter by uh, Hideki Kamiya. So uh, if you guys haven't heard, uh, Camille was, uh, I guess, going back and forth uh, on Twitter with some fans, and uh, he basically admitted that uh, Bayonetta 3's ending may have been unexpected uh, for some fans, but said that uh, Bayonetta 4's story will follow on from that point. And uh, I guess this is a translated tweet. It says, I didn't think it was unexpected at all, but it seems that the ending of Bay 3 wasn't conveyed correctly to everyone. So I think Bayo 4 will be unexpected development. After all, when Bayo 4 comes out, I'm sure there will be people who say, you added that as an afterthought. So I'll say it now. So... Um, wow. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, Bayonetta 3 was uh, released just a little less than a month ago. Um, and kind of kind of crazy that maybe we just... Uh, got that first announcement that Bayonetta 4 is going to be happening. What what do you guys make of that?
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. It's kind of funny though how just kind of casual nonchalant <laughs> that is. You You'd think for something like like the Bayonetta series that has such a, you know, huge following and just the anticipation and, and how crazy it was leading into Bayonetta 3's launch, especially cuz they they had different backstage mm-hmm. drama. Um, going on as well behind the scenes but it, it, to just kind of casually drop yeah so bayonetta four is gonna <laughs> be it's like whoa hold on back up a minute you didn't want to do a press conference for that but uh, honestly i think probably a lot of people w- were thinking that it was it was going to happen i think it's one of those things where it's it's less a matter of uh, if, but when, so, I mean, sure you could, you know, argue, oh, they should have just, they, they shouldn't have been so casual about that. Just, uh, kind of dropping that on there. But on the other hand, it's like, it's one of those things like it was, it was a, a matter of, uh, a of when not so much if, yeah. And it could have also been, if he's just it, tweeting it back and forth too. it very well, just could have like been a slip. Um, just, a. Oops. Well, didn't mean to say that, but we might as well roll with it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and like like you're saying, I think it just it's it might just be those like for them, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to continue with the series. So he's just kind of talking, you know, openly as you know as if it's going to continue on, you know, forever. You know, who knows? But I I thought that was kind of cool because I I definitely want to see this series continue. I have not uh, finished Bayonetta Three yet, uh, but it's it's just it's one of those games that has such good gameplay. Just the basics of it is so good and so much fun to get into that game. They added such cool stuff uh, with it, with uh, the you know the infernal demons being able to control them now and being able to just bring them in on the fly. That makes that really you know it didn't maybe you know dramatically alter the gameplay but it it added enough to make it feel new again and still it's just so much fun uh just to be in that that world so i definitely am excited to see this series continue for sure um next up uh alicia i think we got some uh some news about google and activision right
2: yeah um (laughs) so Anyone who's been keeping up with some of the multiple of lawsuits that's been going on uh, in regards to uh, Epic Games and Activision, um, because we can't forget them. Uh, So Epic Games had pursued a lawsuit in 2020. Uh, They sued Google. The big one that actually caught a lot of people's attention was the Apple lawsuit, But at the same time, they were suing Google. And for some reason, that one kind of went unnoticed. I'm not entirely sure why. but uh, So recently, the unredacted copy of the lawsuit was released. And in there, there was some interesting revelations about why Epic was suing Google in the first place. And some of the things that, that Epic leveled at Google was could be considered a monopoly, um, which, as we know, that's not something we really like to hear about, um, especially when it comes to some of these bigger companies being able to call the shots. Um, in Well, it's we see a lot in the gaming industry anymore. I mean, we could talk forever about yeah. Microsoft and what's going on with that, but... Um, You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a forever occurring problem right now. So in this lawsuit, it alleged Epic alleged that Google had paid Activision blizzard $360 million over three years for an agreement to not launch their own app store on Android in order to basically corner the market and keep competition out, they also alleged that they spent another $30 million to Riot Games over the span of a year for the same thing, to keep them from creating their own app store. Now, this is something that's kind of interesting that it's coming out right now, because Microsoft a few weeks ago said that they are pursuing the idea of opening their own app store in competition to Google and Apple. So you have this kind of... (sighs) crazy windstorm that's happening right now. And a lot of this has to do with mobile games. And we've seen right. some really heavy hitters when it comes to mobile games right now. Um, if you look at like the, the Game Award announcements that we looked at last week, there were all, almost all of the games that were mobile games up for you know big awards came from Activision Blizzard and Riot and some of the bigger studios. So already there's this kind of unrealistic competition going on right now that the smaller indie groups are unable to compete against, you know, World of Warcraft or Diablo or something like that on or League of Legends on on an app level. So So of course Of course <coughs> this is actually updated today. There was new news that came out. So all of this broke on the 18th, which was just a few days ago. This was broke through uh, Reuters and was then uh, corroborated by uh, by documents detailing what was called Project Hug. It also said that Google was involved in posting videos for YouTube, as well as using credits for Google offerings, such as advertising and cloud services, meaning that Activision Blizzard and Riot got priority over over uh, other things because of this agreement with Google, which again creates kind of a, a monopoly on our attention, basically. So, so the update today, and this should be a, a no surprise. Riot Games had told Reuters that it was reviewing the new filing to see what was going on. Uh, Activision had no comment. However, they did come out today. And they said, and I just, I hate this, absolutely hate this, because it's not going to come as a surprise. Activision testified in court that Google and Activision never entered into an agreement stating that Activision would not open its own app store. Google never asked us, pressured us, or made us agree to compete made us agree not to compete, sorry, with Google Play, and we submitted documents and testimony to the court to prove this. Epic's allegations are nonsense. The problem with that mm. is that, once again, Activision Blizzard has opened its mouth and third its foot and chopped all the way up to its side. There's not a whole lot of credib- credibility behind Activision anymore. It has repeatedly said that allegations brought up against it for... Um, union busting, sexual uh, misconduct, and, that, and we know about the, the possibility of the suicide. Um, all of these things were unfounded. They were not correct. They were not real. They were nonsense. And time and time again, they have been proven to be false. So right now we kind of have a he said, she said sort of thing going on. But depending on whether or not these allegations are true it brings up the question of who should be allowed to, should, should a company like Google be allowed to corner the market when it comes to app markets? Should smaller companies, I mean, in relation, like Activision or Riot, or, I mean, even, we talked about how Anna, uh, Perna is becoming a very big thing in the indie sector, should they decide that they want to add all of their games as, a, as an app store, should that be a concern to some of the higher ups? And so it's it's an interesting tornado of just yeah. absolute nuttiness right now. Um, there is a countersuit that's been going on um, as well. Part of what part of the concerns that were brought up was that Epic issued this dispute. And it's almost identical to the one that they had against Apple. And we know that they lost their all, but one of their arguments against Apple in that trial uh, last year. So Epic has kind of lost credibility. There's not, and that's part of the problem too, is that not a lot of these companies have credibility right now when it comes to their customers. And so, I mean, this thing's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens. Are we going to end up with multiple different kinds of app platforms where we go to get our games? Um, are we going to continue to only have just a few, a handful, and then they're going to battle it out constantly in these courts? Um, you know, it's it's it is. It's a very interesting just crazy storm going on right now and um, (laughs) I mean the biggest thing because I've covered Activision Blizzard for so long now (laughs) the biggest thing is that of course they said this is nonsense you know that's probably one of the biggest things is that of course of course it's nonsense of course they did nothing wrong so you know and I guess in some ways if you look at it this is almost tantamount to bribery if it's true so there's yet another issue So, yeah. What's your guys' thoughts on how crazy that could get?
1: I'm wrapping my head all around it still. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's nuts. But I think an interesting point I wanted to bring up is because you touched on Microsoft is considering opening up, uh, their own app store. Well, Microsoft now owns Activision Blizzard. Right. So I think that's kind of an interesting angle right there. Oh, in, no, in no that has
2: it. not gone through yet. So yeah, that has not gone through. They are still, uh, in the process of acquiring it, but it still has to go through several hurdles. So it is not a done deal yet. Um, They do not own Activision Blizzard free and clear. It has to go through several courts. There are several uh, European courts that have brought up, and the UK and Canada, that have all brought up things that they have severe issues with when it comes to Activision and its handling of its own properties, its handling of human rights things, and the way that Microsoft has approached this, especially when you look at the possibility that uh, Bobby Kotek not only knew about the sexual misconduct allegations for several years, but also there is possibility of insider trading happening just before hmm. the acquisition or the proposed acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. And Phil uh, Spitzer, right said that he had absolutely no idea any of this was going on. And yet there are people who have repeatedly said that he's lying um, out his wazoo and that there is absolutely no way that he did not know that there was insider trading happening. Um, They like tank the stocks. And I mean, the whole thing is just, I'm not kidding when it comes to Activision it is an absolute tangled mess. And the fact that Microsoft has decided to involve themselves in this, I know some people are proclaiming it as like, you know, their way of, of saving Activision Blizzard, but you gotta get through a whole lot of mud if you're going to try to clean this thing off. And and this just adds yet one more layer of mud that you all are gonna have to try to figure out if you want Activision. Yeah. To come out with a good name again, and I just—I'm not even sure that it's possible at this point. But you also have Epic, who is notoriously nitpicky about the fact that they want something and they don't get it, and so they sue people. Um, so it's yeah, there's it, there's so many moving parts in this thing that it's just—I'm like you, Sam. I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, and I've known about it for a couple of days now. It's just—it's like how how do you, how do you separate I mean, it, it has not great implications for the rest of the industry, depending on which direction the thing decides to go. And I, I don't know. It's kind of terrifying, <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's nuts. I, I am not a fan of of monopolies. Um, I think that just kind of kills any level of real creativity. I think competition usually brings out the absolute best in any form of entertainment media just because you you want to do something different that's going to make you stand out and and get get people to want to buy your product um and you know in the case of games it's you know it breeds better i think more creative games and when you kind of strip that away and it's just kind of a few big companies that are dominating uh dominating the market uh what ends up happening is there becomes a higher focus on just ways to monetize stale ideas and i think we've we've seen some we've seen a lot of that um i i I think with the amount just in general of uh, remakes and, and and remasters, I've I've talked about this on the site. I think there are times where it's justified and it and it's really good, and then there's times where it just it feels like a cash grab, mm-hmm. or just the amount of microtransactions we see anymore. So I think to have a, one one or two big companies even dominating the platforms in which you can buy the games, it, it's just it's a it's a never ending cycle of there's gonna be a lot of ideas that are shut down in favor of what's going to be safe and what's going to be more profitable but ultimately what's going to be the least interesting because usually the less risky something is the less interesting it is too
0: let's uh let's keep moving on with the news uh what else do we have on the docket here i think uh sam you actually had one last bit of news here
1: yeah, it's a small piece. This isn't uh, anything too crazy, but it came across my radar. Um, if you know me, you you know that I love the Resident Evil games. So um, anything Resident Evil news, I tends to pop up on my radar really uh, quickly. And what I noticed is that um, the Entertainment Software Ratings Board (ESRB) they issued. Their official rating for Resident Evil 4, and it has been confirmed uh, that the decapitation. So when Leon, uh, the in the in the original Resident Evil 4 game, you know Doctor Salvador can decapitate Leon. Uh, well, that's coming back. So that's that's pretty cool that, to see, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that looks on. On the remake because I mean, it was pretty gnarly back in the day, mm-hmm. and then they they kind of didn't they didn't have anything they didn't have anything like that after after uh, Resident Evil four any uh, anything that gnarly of a death animation. And I've been playing the Dead Space games, and those had some pretty gnarly death animations. But Resident Evil after after four, uh, five and six didn't really have it. Seven, you can get your head cut off by it's first person, so it's it doesn't it's not a cinematic. And then even though the, um two and three remakes didn't really have any death animations that were quite that graphic. Well, they're br- it's such an iconic part of Resident Evil Four. It's great that Capcom's bringing that back. I, I just everything I've been seeing about the Resident Evil Four remake looks great because it. it- really looks like they're paying a lot of attention to the details of you know what made the the original game so special and how can you know we modernize it bring it to a, a new audience but also you know make the old audience happy and really create something special create a definitive version of of this game and i think that's something that 's great they're bringing bringing into this uh, I know Resident Evil Two remake really did a good job at modernizing that game and and really creating something new and special while r- retaining um, the characters and story that people loved. I think three is fun and it's really good but it it I agree with the people that say that they're that it's really cut and cut down and it didn't feel like as much attention was put into like trying to Um, do it as much justice it felt more like dlc to two than anything um so people were probably a little bit hesitant or on the fence about four or you know is it going to feel shortened and have a lot of you know key elements cut from it and it's looking more and more. The more you hear about it, the more it's like, no, it really looks like Capcom is is coming out swinging and really taking time to to make this a a big deal. And it's it really is going to be worth it. So that makes me happy to hear when they the small details because those are what really add up. It's all the small details that add up to make something special.
0: Oh, I, I agree. And I I remember just that. Uh... The, the first time i remember seeing him get you know decapitated in that game i was like holy smokes I, you're you know you're in for a ride <laughs> you're in for it uh so it's kind of cool to see that uh return as demented as it sounds um uh i think it is uh kind of uh, cool but um but yeah let's uh i think that's going to wrap up our news segment there let's jump into uh what's up at Visions and man i i will tell you guys that issue three is very near uh to completion uh i've been sharing it all on the discord and uh sam and alicia i, I hope you <laughs> can back me up on this uh we have most of the layouts are are, are done right
1: it, it's it's looking really good i'm just i'm looking at the yuppie psycho one right now and wow i think i, missed that I mean yeah, just scrolling through looking at it. It's 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 quality, you know? I mean, obviously the the content in itself is great, but even just visually and something physical to hold in your hands, it's something to look at. Um just it's it's unlike anything you're going to see in 2022. That I can tell you. I mean, you're not going to get it's the kind of it's really the kind of content you're not going to get in 2022. It's very Reminiscent of the of the good old days of when you would get a physical video game magazine, and it would be just as fun to look at as it is to read
0: mm-hmm. yeah, i I am so uh, impressed with uh, just the quality of the 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 writing in this uh, issue because we have uh, a lot of new uh, faces and new writers in this uh, issue, but we have uh, you know, we have uh, Daniel, uh, we have Sam, Alicia, you guys all have. Uh, some really good features in here i I was uh, finishing up the review on uh, on the glutton uh, layout uh, today, Alicia and just reading through that story again it kind of brought it all back um, yeah. and it's such an amazing story. Um, and so i'm I'm so excited to be able to you know put this story in into um, you know, into uh, our magazine and, 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 and to share that with, with more people. So I think people are really going to enjoy that. Um, I actually just sent you an updated, um, an updated uh, version um, of that layout, Alicia. Okay. Um, I'm still doing some tweaks on it and stuff too. So I'm not finished with it exactly yet, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. Um, I did um, over the weekend, I finished up our layouts on our band a three review Um which was great because uh, Daniel uh, wrote that one. Um, also he wrote uh, one on moon scars and that game I've, I've been playing that uh, from uh, it's on game pass and it just looks so cool um, it reminds me of just something that I would have seen like on the Saturn or something back in the day and it's it just plays so well um, I, I've, I've been really enjoying that so I snuck I snuck that in. Um, and then also, uh, like we said, uh, the yuppie psycho. Um, yeah, VG and soft, they sent us uh, that uh, that game. And I just I, I've been playing it, I just really thought it was just kind of an interesting, you know, little RPG, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a cool little story. So putting that in there. Um, Oh, I also, um, for interviews, I think this is a really exciting one. Uh, Our friend Steve Lysett from Sumo Digital. We have interviewed Steve like probably three or four times over the years, whether it was on the Nerdcast um, back in the day. I think, I don't know if he's been on the Megavision show before, but we've interviewed him on the website over on Sega Nerds and then over in Megavisions and stuff too. But David Oxford... Uh, did an interview with him on the 10th anniversary of Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, which just happened not too long ago. So just kind of a look back at that game, and man, I, I will say, I absolutely adored that game. It is still such a fun, fun game to play. Um, I have fond memories of that, and it's great to uh, to revisit that with, uh, with Steve. Um, like I said, we have talked to him Quite a bit over the years, so it's just good to have that. Um, I think it's gonna be our first interview that we've actually published with Steve Lysa in, in the magazine, though, so that's really cool. Um so I finished that one uh as well over the weekend. So I still need to finish up our Sonic uh, Frontiers review. Um I was uh messaging Alex because he was over at um anime nyc over the weekend. And uh, he did tell me that he was going to be there um, having some fun out there. And then he's going to finish up the uh, Sonic review uh, early this week. So once I get that, I'll be able to finish up that one. And then um, we're doing a, a cool roundtable where we're uh, the, the Megavision staff is is doing our game of the year picks. So um, we're, we're gathering inputs from that. So hopefully we'll get that by the end of the week. I can finish up that one. And then uh, the one I'm dreading... <laughs> is our cover story layout uh, on uh, Shredder's Revenge. I interviewed uh, some of the guys over at uh, Tribute Games uh, for that one. So writing up the uh, the cover story for this issue, but I'm also doing the layout. And I will say we are going uh, kind of wild on the layout for this one. And, and we're going to try to do that for all of our cover stories um, where we're going to kind of take it back a little closer to what our original print versions look like with uh like our um, legacy seven, eight, and nine. Um, if you folks um, are listening, remember those issues. Um, so if you remember those, those kind of uh, look closer in design to something like sketch would draw, you know, like on our covers. Um, and so I'm excited to get into that. Uh, it's going to be challenging, but I'm going to work through a sketch. Uh, and, uh, and he'll help me through it So I'm excited to, to finish up this issue and, uh, and I think the next The, the first place we're going to be able to show it at Is going to be uh, MagFest um, I'll be at MagFest in early January um, And by then we'll have the issues out And uh, shipped out all to, to, to all our patrons and, um, But yeah, that's going to be the first place where, uh, where i actually be So I'm excited for that too so if anyone out there is uh, going to be going to Magfest, be on the lookout. But uh, more uh, more info to come on that. But anyway, that's our our magazine or issue three update uh, for this week. Yeah. So I'm hoping um, I'm hoping to finish up uh, maybe another couple reviews tomorrow. But uh, I'll probably be not. I'll, I'll probably be out of commission through the uh, Thanksgiving break. And finishing up maybe some more over the weekend, but uh, I'm I'm hoping to really finish this and uh, get all the layout done by uh, really the beginning of December. Then we could go into a few days of like QCing um, the the issue and making sure we don't have any silly uh, errors or, or things like that. Uh, and once that's done, uh, we're shipping this thing off. So I am excited to put this one to bed and uh, and and start working on. On issue four. So yeah, that's uh, that's our magazine talk uh, reviews. What do we got? What do we got reviews wise going out this week?
2: We've actually talked about most of the games already. So uh, oh, okay. Sonic Frontiers will be coming in. Hopefully. Um, I know Daniel will have evil West. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I'm hesitant to actually read his review because I really want to play that game myself. So I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, scan it sort of thing. You guys can read the review and Daniel's see how I like I'm just going to scan it and make sure there's no errors. That's it, because I really want to play that game. Um, <laughs> uh, I am actually running through a second run-through on The Devil and Me. Uh, so I'm going to finish up that, and then my review will be out on that. That game is crazy, let me tell you. Um, and there are things that I'm still trying to figure out if they're glitches or if they're actually meant to be part of the game. So uh, I was playing it earlier, just before the podcast started today, and uh, I was in a hallway, and I thought something caught like the corner of my eye, and when I turned back, there was nothing there. And so I'm still like, okay, did I see something, or did I not? Was that a glitch and just a shadow, or so? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great game. I'm um, really enjoying it. And then uh, we will have grave uh, Gore. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Thank you. And we will have the retro review for Dead Space 3 out. And then we should have three minis, possibly more. I don't think... Because of the holiday, it's kind of like people are doing what they can before they have to take off sort of thing. So uh, we will have Bravery and Greed. Uh, I believe Cultic is coming in. And then I will have Finding the Soul Orb. And that's actually some of the games that we're playing. That's actually... Is the games we're playing this week on stream as well? Uh, the Hattie Gamer Alex will be playing more Sonic Frontiers on Tuesday. Um, I will be playing Finding the Soul Orb on Wednesday. It is a, a East Asia Soft title um, and looks really cool. the The art design is absolutely beautiful on this one, so I'm looking forward to that. And then Drail will be picking up Bravery and Greed on Friday. And he, I was talking to him last night about that. Because uh, it's an interesting title that's kind of got under the radar. It he likened it to Castle, Cra- Castle Clashers, Crashers, Crashers. Sorry, um, which came out like on the Xbox 360 and stuff a long time ago. But that game was a heck of a lot of fun, uh, especially if you had a couple people playing with you. So he said that it reminded him a lot of that, and so I'm interested to see how uh, how that goes off on stream
0: odin and his so. my, odin and his friends still play that game Did on they? Xbox live castle crashers yeah so that's yeah uh, that's still a relevant game i guess but it, that, so. that game's great it's a fantastic uh there's solid gameplay all around and it, it's, a, it's such a great four player you know co-op game it's fantastic
2: yeah yeah i remember it just being a lot of fun and so apparently bravery and greed is a lot like that so i'm excited so, And I also just want to say thank you. I know it's our third week. We do have uh, half a week next week to finish it up. But I did want to thank everyone who's come out to support the Indie Showcase this month. We've had a lot of fun. We've shown off some really great games. And it's always a pleasure to introduce people to new. And, and usually the games are, are under the radar. You know, They don't have huge studios backing them. So it's nice to, to see people come out and uh, support that. So thank you guys very much.
0: Absolutely. It's always good to, uh, to, to try to shine some, some light or do as mo- much as we can, you know, just spread the word on, on some of these indies out there. You know, so good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to that's gonna do it for this week. Um, as always, uh, be sure to uh, visit uh, the website at www.megavisions.net. Uh, you can sign up for our, our weekly or, you know, uh, bi-monthly newsletter that Marson sends out, uh, that that's just a kind of a good way to, to keep up, uh, on all the things that's happening, uh, you know, throughout Megavisions, whether it's stuff on the stream team, whether it's stuff on the podcast, new products that are coming out on our store, uh, the latest on the issue. Uh, I will say too, Marson, uh, includes some, some preview layouts, uh, in the newsletter. Um, and so you can only get them there and uh and so that's kind of an added incentive to sign up uh for the newsletter so yeah just go there uh i think there's also in the sidebar there's a way you can just enter your email address uh and sign up right there uh, but we don't spam we're not going to send you a bunch of uh of, e- of emails it'll be basically you know just a couple times a month or so um but besides that also check out our patreon at www.patreon.com megavisions where you can subscribe for a physical or digital edition of the magazine. And remember, we are publishing quarterly and issue three is going to be shipping very, very soon. In fact, the the charge post for this issue is going to be uh, here at the end, uh, towards the end of the month. So probably in about a week, I'll be announcing uh, that over on Patreon. And so, uh, so yeah, we basically only have maybe about a week and a half Uh, for you to uh, subscribe and uh, join our Patreon so you can ensure that you actually get issue 3 sent right to your door. So, again, go to www.patreon.com slash megavisions and subscribe today. And with that, we are going to get out of here. This will be our, yeah, this will be the last uh, podcast before Thanksgiving, so I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving, Sam and Alicia. Hopefully you have a happy happy fun thanksgiving
1: thank you thank you you as well yeah you and too. may the
0: hopefully the cowboys will win you know
2: we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll get a good dallas cowboys win make everything uh everything all great all right we'll see you next time enjoy be safe and be kind see you later